So we're back here with the Civil Action. This is Brian Kabatek and Sean Karnickian coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the Cala Convention. This is the largest, apparently the largest plaintiffs, a collection of lawyers in the whole world are here right now. And we are fortunate enough to be deviating from what we normally do. So what do we normally do? We normally do a review of new cases that come down from the Court of Appeal and and different places and talk about the importance of those cases in our practice, the plaintiff's practice. But now we have exciting interviews with people. And it's a lot better because normally they just have to listen to me and Brian. And listening to Brian especially is a real bore. So That's it's a real treat because we get to ask we questions. We talk to about interesting cases. We bring up interesting cases. We're able to focus people on trends in the law in about 20, 25 minutes each week. But we're doing something different today. We've got interviews and we're talking to some of the most important, significant lawyers in California, plaintiff lawyers in California. And uh, let's go with our first guest. Who's our guest today? Who's our guest? We have Taylor Rayfield here. And I guess the first question that we could start with is Taylor, tell us about yourself, tell us what you do. Well, I'm already a little nervous because you're saying uh, you're putting me up there with some of the best trial lawyers, so I better not mess this up here on the podcast. But um, Taylor Rayfield, I work at Green Burlett and Wheeler. Um, you know, again, plaintiff's work. We do mainly catastrophic personal injury, and um, I tend to do most of our sex abuse practice over there. So it's fun over there in Santa Monica, us as the beach lawyers, as I guess they call us. So tell us, uh, how did you get started doing, how did you get started at that firm? Tell us about your background. Where'd you go to school? What'd you do? What'd you do right out of school? Sure. So um, I thought I was going to do sports entertainment law. That's what I was a played. Yeah, Not everyone. Yeah. I know, right? Like I played volleyball in college, so just figured that's exactly what I should be Sean doing. Sean played volleyball in college. Oh yeah, you no, did? No, no, oh, I yeah? didn't. No. Five, eight and under. Yeah, league. yeah. Brian, Brian played college <laughs> baseball though. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Neither of us did any of those things. That's okay. We were nerds. Well, you know, that's how I got to go to school was just, you know, relying on athletics as opposed to grades. So I'll take it. You know, Sean and I had to rely on (laughs) athletics to go to school. We'd be saying, can we help the next customer in line, please? Yeah. We'd be sandwich artists at Subway. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's what we'd be. Hey, you know, everyone's got a skill. Do you want fries with that, sir? Yeah, please. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yeah, so I I went to UNC Chapel Hill. That's where I played volleyball. And so then I thought I was going to do sports and entertainment law. So I figured L.A. or New York. And for some reason, just didn't really, wasn't feeling New York. So decided to go to L.A., ended up going to Loyola. What a great law school. Yes, I was very, very fortunate to go there. I will say it's a little tough, though, coming from North Carolina to go there because it's like a big commuter school. Everyone that oh, yeah. lives in L.A. Or already has friends. So, you know, I'm coming there going, okay, I don't know any of you guys. What am I going to do? But, no, it was good. So I got my first job actually at Girardi and Keys with everyone from Loyola. You know, that's what we all do. So I worked there for, you know, about three years through law school, and that's kind of where I fell in love with the whole plaintiff's bar. That's when I realized this, this is what I'm going to do and realized that, you know, when William Morris came to our law school class and said, oh, you want to you wanna do sports entertainment law? Okay, you're going to start in the mail room. And I was like, oh, I got $200,000 worth of loans, and I'm going to be there with a high school kid making $9 an hour. I was like, mm, hard pass on that. So uh, I was at Girardi Keys, loved it, and then, you know, time to... You know, they, they're generous to give us law school kids, you know, a place to work, but then you got to go find a full-time career. So then ended up over at Green Burlet and Wheeler. been there ever since. Who'd you work for there starting out? Uh, at Girardi. I worked at uh, Bob Finnerty. Okay. He was kind of like my main leader over there. So until now, you've probably done a lot of cases. And what would you say is your biggest 
uh, or most exciting case you've worked on? It doesn't have to be big, but what are you most proud of? You know, I, I think that um, the high school wrestling sex assault case that I had, it was uh, a bunch of male high school wrestlers. Their male wrestling coach would do quote-unquote skin checks and he would have them you know get completely naked and then you know would touch their buttocks and genitals and stuff like that and you know it was I really it's as horrible of a case as it was I really enjoyed working on that case and I think it's something that a lot of especially in the being in the sports world and especially kind of that male on male because I think you know a lot of parents a lot of people you always talk to your daughters, you know, like you shouldn't be alone with your male coaches, but I don't think a lot of people actually talk about it with your younger sons. And so I, I was happy to be able to be a part of that and, you know, and, and be, we, we had the first case. So we kind of kicked it off so that then all the other cases behind were able to get good results. So doing, doing sex abuse, um, sexual assault cases, how, did you fall into that or is that something that you, you, particularly felt a passion towards and started moving in that direction? The latter. I mean, it was one of those things where I, I kind of fell, I had one case and kind of fell into it and then realized that this is really what I like to do. It, it's, it, you know, some of the other stuff to me now seems quite dry. And this, it's, you know, it's, it's really easy to want to come to work and to want to fight for people that have, you know, been abused in, in the most horrific ways. You're a relatively young lawyer. Um, what do you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is going into law school today or even coming out of law school? You can answer either or both of those questions. <laughs> that's quite, that's quite a big question. Um, you know, I think, and I think this goes, I think with anyone that's seeking employment anywhere, you got to like the people you work with. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be there all day, every day. And, and if you can't stand the people you work with, you're never going to be good at your job. At least I don't think so. And, you know, I'm so, so, so fortunate that I absolutely love the guys that I work with, guys and girls that I work with over at Green Burlet and Wheeler. Um, and because even when you're having a bad day, something's going wrong or you feel like, you know, you kind of got screwed over by a judge or something, you know, they're there to lift you up and to have your back. And so, it's way easier to keep fighting the fight when the people around you are supporting you. Don't so. you wish you had that kind of relationship at your workplace, Sean? <laughs> right. I was thinking about it. I was listening to that. And I was going, wow. That Maybe it's time to make a switch. That exists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anybody hiring? who is interested in looking for Sean as a, an employee, has come to the firm, please feel free to reach out to him. I subsidized the first year. Please, please. So <laughs> let's flip that question. What, not advice, but message would you have for more senior attorneys, like people in Brian's position or people that are listening that employ young lawyers? You know, I think the biggest thing is just to be open and to have, you know, an open door policy and be willing to sit there and willing to talk and willing to teach. You know, I think the it's hard, you know, for some of us, you know, you're used to doing these things. So it's it just a second nature, you know, when things happen. And it's hard to remember that other people don't know that stuff yet. And, you know, if you take the time to teach the person, they're going to be such a better lawyer because they're learning it the right way than just having the assumption that they already know what to do and then you're mad at them, you know, when they didn't do it the way you wanted to. It, it, so I think just just being there to listen and to teach, I, it's, the, it's the biggest help for all of us. I mean, I know that's how I've been able to do what I do is that all the guys really have an open door policy. So I, ha- I don't have any fear of going into their office and asking any questions. Taylor, you just uh, filed a big case. Yeah. It was in the news. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it's a 
super sad case. Um, a girl who is mentally disabled and physically disabled. She's about 26, but when you see her, she looks about 12. And uh, she was going to a special school program, you know, because once you're out of 18, you know, can't go to school anymore. But so through Harbor Regional, they offer these programs. And so she would ride the bus to her program. And uh, it, we found out that she ended up being raped by her bus driver. And it was her morning bus driver. And, you know, because of her disabilities for her to carry a baby would, would kill her. So it was really sad. They had to go in and, and terminate the pregnancy. And there's DNA evidence linking him to that. So it's, um, it's horrific. It blows my mind that those things happen in the world. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where we can go with this case and, and get the family some justice. Why do you do this? Why did you go into this particular field. I know you started out thinking you wanted to do entertainment and you enjoyed this, but why this specific niche in plaintiff's work? You know, it's, I think I I have a passion for it. You know, when you see people be abused this way, I mean, it's, what could be more horrific? It's so terrible. There's, it's hard to even articulate how traumatic, and, and this is the type of thing that that stays with people their entire life. I don't care what kind of therapy you get. I don't care, you know, what meditation you do. That This stays with people their entire lives. And it just infuriates me that people take advantage of others and think they can get away with it. And I just, it has to be stopped. And, and this is the only way that I know how to stop it at this point. So why aren't there more women that practice in the planet's bar? Goodness gracious, I... I don't know. You know, I, I like to think that the world has progressed and, you know, I, at some point I hope that we're never referred to as women lawyers and male lawyers, that we don't even have to make that distinction anymore and we can just all be lawyers. But, you know, unfortunately it, it's, we're not there. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's tough. I think we do get, we do get beat up on, I think a lot more than our male counterparts do. Um, I think that you know people try to take advantage of us, um, and it's it, it's it's tough. And so you know, I think it, it takes it, it takes a real strong personality, I think, to make it as a woman trial lawyer on the plaintiff's bar, and to be up there in front of juries, and you know, to be on the opposing side, and having to fight day in and day out. What do you think has to be done to, to help make that change and kind of even the playing field, I guess, or I mean, make it look more at our, inclusive? I mean, I mean, look at our political climate right, right now. I mean, right. it's like, I don't know. Where do you start? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do we like blow everything up and start over again? Start from the top down. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, look at, I'm, you know, not to make this a political situation here, but I mean, look who's leading our country. It, it is a political situation. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's how, how is anyone supposed to, you know, be any different when the leader of our country, you know, says the things that he does and tweets the thing that he tweets, you know, it's why would anybody else be respectful or different? Is there hope? (laughs) I mean, I think so. I mean, there has to be. I mean, if you don't have hope, then what's the point of keeping on? So, you know, I I think there is. And, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, if you look at some of the younger generations, you know, their attitudes about stuff is very different. Um, And I know I'm not, you know, too far off from them, but I can 
say that, you know, people in their 20s versus people in their 30s, it's, it's, it's very different. And so I think there is hope. I think it's going to be a new wave that's going to be coming through. And, you know, by doing the Me Too movements and, and just talking about it, I mean, being able to have a conversation, you know, I, I think it opens, hopefully opens people's eyes to it. Okay. Where do you see yourself in 25 years? <laughs> Hopefully on a beach with a cocktail in my hand. That's well, that's where I see myself in about 15 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no beach near here. We're in the middle of the desert, Brian. We're so, in the middle of the desert. This is what we're going to do. We gotta, The last part of this, wrapping it up, is we're going to ask some rapid-fire questions. Oh, gracious. For fun. And, uh, there's we no wrong no, answer. There's no, and there's no wrong question. Well, maybe. Well, there are, yeah, no, there's within bounds. Okay. Um, so uh, I'll go first. Okay. Favorite song. I'm not going to be fast at this. Um, favorite song, I don't know. What, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Honestly, I was just getting ready to say Taylor Swift. That's but, not a song, that's an artist. I know, artist. but I couldn't even tell you like, what But that's the second Taylor now. Swift reference we've had today. Okay, right. yeah. well, I'm just going to stick yeah. with it. I'm going to say okay. all of her stuff. Okay. Favorite song. You Do go it. Ahead. Favorite movie. Ooh, Gladiator is the first thing that just popped into my really? head. Really? Okay. Favorite color. That's a Carolina blue. It's not okay. a bad question. Okay, fine. He okay. asked someone earlier, "What's your? What, if you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be? What vegetable would you <laughs> be? Right? Isn't that like an incredibly yeah. stupid No, question? but you could be a vegetable or a fruit. What fruit would okay, you be, you, By Sean? adding fruits I'm going with banana for difference. you. You know what? That's the first thing that came to my mind, but it's still a dumb question. Okay, but and you're a banana. fruits yeah. doesn't make it any Sean better. Sean Banana. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be, really? Volleyball player? I wish. I'm not tall enough and no longer athletic Well, neither enough. are we. Um, if I could be anything, I don't know. Maybe like an radio. event planner or something just so that I get all the perks. Yeah, that sounds fun. If that's you could cool. own any car in the world, what would you <gasps> own? Ooh, that's a great question. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. My, what I want, I'll tell you what I want right now, but I'm refusing to get it because I've heard there's so many problems with it. I want one of those Range Rovers, all black tinted windows with the big wheels. I don't know why. Okay. I just okay. want to be one of those Manhattan answer. Beach women and pop out of my Range Rover, but it's not going to happen. Okay. I have no comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I made the comment. So, What superpower would you want? Ooh, I want to fly because I hate traffic. Good one. Good one. Ask your follow-up. Everybody, up. Your follow-up. why not invisibility? Mm, I don't mind being seen. Okay. Hey, that's, that's the response. best answer. That's a good response. That's yeah. a great That's a good response. Because Brian gets mad at people and goes, why not? Invisibility is much better. It's much better. Why do you want to be invisible? Go places. I could go in the defense room and listen to what they're saying. You just want to be a creeper. Yeah, you that's just, what like, I said. Around. I said it's okay. creepy. That, okay. That's what it is. Okay. It's creepy. <laughs> okay. If you were a cartoon character, what cartoon character would you want to be? I think just the lovable Bugs Bunny. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, where would you want to visit in the world that you haven't been? Ooh, that's great. I'm actually going to Africa next month. Cool. So where? that big, I'm big really excited. Continent. What part? Well, I'm going to go to Rwanda and then over to Kenya. You going to do the uh, gorillas? Yes. Excellent. That's exciting. Taylor, you've been terrific being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks and, for having uh, me on. We are so happy to be sitting here talking to you. This is Civil Action with Brian Kabdek and Chuck Karnickian. And you can find us online at kbklawyers.com. And you can look up Taylor online as well. And uh, thank you for listening in. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Taylor.